Greetings to the PATH family. Our slogan at the PATH is meeting you where you are. We invite you to follow, share, and check us out on social media. You may connect with us at any time, anywhere. On Facebook at The PATH Church or Instagram and Twitter at Join the PATH. Without further delay, enjoy this week's sermon. As you notice today, we don't have a mentee. We're going to do something a little bit different today. Um... So uh, I'll share that with you as our worship service progresses. In Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13, we're going to start in Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my house. Just say the word. From where you are, my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers. And I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go, and they go, or come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home, because you believe it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. Amen. Amen. Last year, I don't know if you remember, last year there were some random commercials on TV. And you watched the commercial, and at the end there was a scripture with it. I want to show you one of those commercials. It ties into what I'm talking about today. The title of my message today, I borrowed it from this commercial. He gets us. He gets us. Let's go back and break down what's happening here with this situation. Jesus had just returned to Capernaum. Capernaum was his home base there. That's where he did his ministry. That's where a number of the early disciples lived. And a Roman officer came up to him. It's obvious this Roman officer had been listening or there were spies who had reported to him what was happening in that region because he was familiar with Jesus. And this Roman officer came up to him and asked a request. Lord, my servant lies in bed, paralyzed in terrible pain. And Jesus says, I will go and heal him. Now, I don't know about you, but this is pretty interesting because the, the centurion comes up and, and Jesus said, I'll go. I'll go. Maybe just Jesus just wanted to obey authority. But I want us to understand what was happening here. This was a very complex situation, just like situations can be complex today. He was a Roman centurion. He was the occupying opposing force. He was the enemy. What's happening now 
in the Middle East with uh, the Gaza Strip and with Palestinians and Israel, they have been fighting for thousands of years. Imagine Jesus being there now and being concerned about everybody. The Israelis and the Palestinians. This passage reminds me we should never reduce someone to one attribute. Or judge someone on one facet of their lives. We easily look at the outward appearance and we make assumptions about who we believe he or she is. And you know, as we read this account, one thing about God, God doesn't look at things that man looks at. Man looks at the outward things, but God looks at the heart. See what? Now, this, this centurion, and if you don't know what a centurion is, this is an officer, an officer, a high-ranking officer in the Roman army. The Romans were brutal. When the Romans came into an area, you either complied or died. It, it was no middle ground. They were in charge. They took over, and they'll let you have your religion. They'll have your customs as long as you paid your taxes. But for some reason, this centurion was different. He actually got along with the people he occupied and had control over. He even helped them to build synagogues. For some reason, he saw life differently than his fellow Romans. Brothers and sisters, we're all complex. There's no simple person in this room. You say, I am. Okay, like I said, we're all complex. We're multifaceted. We have our good days. We have our bad days. We have our ups. We have our downs. But guess what? Jesus gets each and every one of us. Your friends may not get you. Your spouse may not get you all the time. Your children definitely don't get you. Especially once they hit a certain age, they just don't get you. But we'll leave that alone right now. But what's so beautiful about Jesus, he gets us. He understands us. He sees us. This centurion was like, hey, come help me out. And Jesus said, I'll go. And the centurion said, no, 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 no. The level of self-awareness and humility. Jesus, you don't have to go. Just say the word. Because when you say the word, it's going to be all right. Don't go out your way for me, because I really want you to help my servant. But I've been watching, and I hear you can do miracles. And if you just say it, it'll happen. You know what is really deep? Why I love Jesus, why I follow Jesus, why I respect Jesus, is because I've gotten to know the Jesus of the Bible. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus had just done the Beatitudes, not far from Capernaum. Angel and I visited over there. And this hill, this area is where Jesus did the Beatitudes. And over here is the town of Capernaum. So Jesus left where he had just taught, love your enemies. Gone into Capernaum, and here comes the enemy. So Jesus didn't just preach it, he lived it. We love to preach how we're doing living it. We love to tell people what's right. What the Bible says this, the Bible says that, but how are we doing living it? And that's the beauty of the Jesus we serve. He was full of grace, but he also lived his truth. 
And as that centurion humbled himself and came before Jesus, Jesus said something that is quite astonishing. And that is mind-blowing. After the centurion made his declaration of who Jesus was and what he meant, that he said, you don't just say it because I understand authority, I understand following orders, and I know even the demons submit to you, Jesus. You just say it, and it will work out. Jesus looked around. Now, the chief priests were following him because they were listening. A bunch of religious people were following Jesus. The apostles were following Jesus. The Jewish people were following Jesus. Jesus looked around and said, you know what? I haven't found this much faith in Israel. God's chosen people didn't have the faith of a pagan. When you think about the most faithful person you know in the scriptures, would you have chosen the centurion? How could a guy who killed people, how could a guy who oppressed people, how could a guy who was just doing his job be held up as an example of faith? That's a paradox. That's contradictory. But that's God's business and not our business. We spend too much time in God's business trying to figure out who deserves salvation, who is righteous enough, who is good enough, who is spiritual enough. And as Jesus looked at all those religious people behind him, he said, he got it, y'all haven't. Y'all don't get it. Man, if I had been in that crowd, I would have been so convicted. I would have been like, whoa. But, but Jesus, do you know who this is? Jesus is like, do you see what I see? The faith. Brothers and sisters, how are we doing with faith? We got a lot of knowledge. You know, we, we, we know we can Google everything and we're podcasting to death. And we, we just, we're learning a lot of stuff. But the most important question, do we trust Jesus? Do we trust his word? Do we have the conviction Jesus said it is going to be all right? Because some of us are going through things. I know what it's like. You're going through things. You're going through hardships, difficulties. You're going through things you didn't sign up for. But do we trust that he will calm the sea? Do we trust that he has the answer to that difficult situation? Because sometimes we want people to fix only what God can fix. See, Jesus evaluated his actions. He evaluated the man's heart. And he said, this is an example of faith. And, you know, I want us to be men and women who really wrestle through and live out our faith. Everyone in this room, if you have been touched by Jesus, you have a testimony. Let me say that again because I don't think everybody got that. If you have been touched by Jesus, you have a testimony. And the church said, we all should have something to say about Jesus. It has nothing to do with a leadership role. It doesn't have anything to do with how much you know. It says they overcame him by the blood of their lamb and the word of their testimony. Testimony is, I know what God has done for me. I know God has worked in my life. I'm grateful for the church. 
I'm grateful for my friends, but I have fallen in love with Jesus. Is he the best thing that's happened to you? Or is he in the top ten? Can you honestly say he's the best thing I've ever, ever done? If we're going to be here for a lifetime, it's got to be that declaration. It's got to be that commitment. It's got to be that intensity. I love God. So today what we're going to do, we're going to spend some time um, listening to some of our veterans. Because what you're going to see today, we are starting, birthing a new ministry. What God has done, God has touched different men and women's lives in areas that's like, really? I didn't know this was going to happen. We did not set out the beginning of the year say, hey, let's build a veterans ministry. We didn't set out. That was nowhere on the radar. radar. But lo and behold, the Spirit of God is moving. And we have brothers and sisters who love God, who serve this country, but who also love people. And, you know, the Bible says, give honor to whom honor is due. Now, I understand in the black community, it's a paradox. In the black community, it can be confusing. Can I just talk for a minute here? Okay. When it comes to America and the way America has treated brown, black and brown people, there are some of us say, military? Why? We feel that way about law enforcement. Why? Give honor. Don't you know what they're doing? And let me tell you this. Since the very first war, the Revolutionary War, black people have been involved. Every war that has been fought, black men and women stood up and say, I believe. Even being treated as second-class citizens said, I will serve. Even being mistreated. But doesn't that sound like Jesus? I'm going to serve. Even though you don't like me, even though you despise me, even though you spit on me, I will die for you. Why am I saying this? Because I don't want us to ever get to the place that certain people are not welcome to come through those doors. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And we may not understand everything some of these veterans have gone through, but guess what? That's God's business. All we're called to do is to love them, to love them, to support them. So uh, I want to show you a clip here because we couldn't have everyone on stage, you know, and we have so many amazing stories that could be shared, but we do want to take this time to acknowledge uh, the veterans who were able to submit their information to us. So uh, our brother Marcos Mercado is going to introduce our veterans, and we're going to do just a brief interview so you can get to know them better. I want to uh, give a round of applause. Uh, thank you, Mike, uh, for uh, that great brief sermon. We're appreciative. And uh, thank you for all those who have uh, served. Uh, you know, we would not be able to live uh, and have the freedom like they say, freedom is not free. So we're grateful for all the sacrifice. Now, um, everyone who will be coming up here, uh, they've served in a branch of the military, and they represent 
Jesus. So what we want to do is we want to hear a little bit about their lives, um, not just because they served, but because now they are disciples. And so they have some great things to share with us. Uh, you know, one of the great things about being a part of a family is we get moments like this where we get to know one another. And so, again, we are grateful. Uh, I'm going to actually allow them a moment, a uh, brief moment, to introduce themselves, and then I'm going to ask a couple of questions. And so uh, let's hear it, and let's encourage our brothers and sisters. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Tony Lowe, retired Air Force. I had the pleasure of serving about 30 years in the Air Force. Uh, started off at the tender age of 17, left home out of high school, and um, got a chance to hit a, a few uh, popular spots, Panama and Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, here in Atlanta, and finally ended up in Washington, D.C. at the Pentagon where I finally retired. But that's where I found my purpose of service and veteran advocacy. Um, did a couple things in the military that really um, solidified my my service and this is a it's a it's a wonderful thing to be able to raise your right hand and establish that bond with millions of others that have gone before you and that was one of the things I really cherished about my time in the service hi uh, my name is Niger Harold I served in the United States Navy um, I got into serving, uh, I had a grandfather that I really adored. He was U.S. Army, and one thing he taught me was serving. When you serve, you show that you care. You show that you want to be a part of something greater than yourself, and that you show that it's something bigger than yourself. So I decided to serve. I went into the United States Navy. Uh, while I was in the Navy, my job was a logistics, supply, and mail. Um, so I was pretty popular. Uh, <laughs> Um, I spent most of my time on destroyer ships when we go fight and carriers. So the destroyer ships carried about 300 to 500 people. Uh, the carriers carried about 6,000 to about 10,000 people. So I used a lot of that time to learn how to serve and everyone has different needs so I had time to kind of figure out how to serve and how to try to meet everyone's needs as, long, uh, as well as the Navy uh, needs. Hello, good morning. Uh, my name is Tiffany Manuel. Um, I am currently serving in the United States Air Force. I've been in for about 14 years so far. Um, I'm a military brat, so my dad served in the Army. Uh, my mom served in the Army, and she retired from the Air Force um, 2018. And I'm a senior paralegal in the Air Force JAG Corps. It's uh, <laughs> a lot. Um, very interesting career field. I worked on uh, some pretty high-profile cases in my career up to this point. Um, and I've been stationed, I started my career at Joint Base Charleston in South Carolina. Uh, once I moved here, um, I was stationed at Dobbins Air Reserve Base and then went to Robbins Air Force Base in Warner Robins, uh, Georgia. And then I'm now back at uh, Dobbins Air Reserve Base in Marietta. So that's a little bit about me. Uh, my name is Jared Turner. I'm a uh, medically retired Army Staff Sergeant. Uh, I served with 3rd Infantry Division, and um, I was stationed at Fort Stewart, 
which is down in, uh, well, near Savannah, if you will. And then also I was stationed at Fort Sam Houston where I train uh, fellow medics, if you will. My story is a little bit different. I enlisted in the Army after graduating from Alabama State. Uh, I was working at the Southern Poverty Law Center. And honestly, uh, being a uh, pretty arrogant kid from New York, uh, started looking at the sacrifices of people before me. And uh, that's when I enlisted in 2000. Had no earthly idea what was gonna take place as far as September 11th, but uh, we were part of the initial push into Iraq. So if you can imagine, and it's good to have all branches of service uh, represented here, if you can imagine um, looking as far as you could to the left, look as far as you could to the right, nothing but Bradleys, Abrams, helicopters, Air Force, Marines, and it was, it was beautiful, it was scary, it was intense. Um, you know, and why do I serve, if you will, or why do I continue to serve? After I got injured, and uh, for me, it was, um, I realized that you can't do this by yourself. Just like you serve with your brothers and sisters in arms, and we might joke on each other, but we need each other. So that's just a little bit about me. Amen. I, I don't know about you, but God works in mysterious ways. And the Holy Spirit has been moving. We just finished the whole series on the book of Acts. And that same Holy Spirit is alive today. And for some reason, um, this is how God... Uh, planned it, and we just followed. Um, you know, we recently launched a veteran support group here at The Path. Um, and it's an amazing opportunity to connect with people who we normally wouldn't connect with. And so God has allowed us to have some great brothers and sisters who can relate. I don't know about you, but doesn't it make a difference when someone can relate like, you're like, man, I'm not alone in this. I'm not by myself. And so uh, we're grateful. And as we were planning uh, today, we'll tell you a little bit more about what we have planned for you. But for all those who are vet veterans, we're super grateful. And we want to honor you as we continue to launch this ministry. And as we're planning this, uh, Tony Lowe comes up with this great, great, uh, I would say, theme, I want to call it, or motto for this ministry, and he says, as veterans, we've traded in our uniforms for our spiritual armor, and that's powerful. So uh, my first question, and I'll start with you again here, Tony, is how is that transition, or share a little bit about that transition, turning in your uniform for now your spiritual armor? Yeah, thank you for that. It, my transition has been, it started off difficult because I told you earlier, I did 30 years in the military. I think I know everything. I transitioned out, got a great job. But it wasn't until I met brothers Patterson and Jackson where they really said, what are you doing now? What's next? What, what are you doing? What's your purpose? What's your higher calling? Deep down, I thought it was, you know, just to serve. We talk about our spiritual armor and where I, where that, revelation came from it was in combat we put on our armor in the military to defend against small arm threats you know harm to your body 
it's typically or oftentimes life or death situations. As we make that transition, take off our uniform, put on our civilian clothes or our spiritual armor, we're essentially fighting for eternal life now. And so it is a, it was difficult, but they really opened my eyes and made me see that it's, it's in black and white right there. And I thought the transition was going to be much harder because we're talking about soul salvation. I don't want to go out and be a disciple and, and say the wrong thing and, and lead people astray. And thank you to uh, Dr. Patterson and Jackson and Eddie Bill who, who really um, helped me navigate that. So the transition has gotten a lot easier. And I think with, uh, with the PATH and, and all the senior leaders here, it's, it's really been a, a blessing. transition for me, uh, it was challenging uh, because all my life I've been taught to you follow orders because you have to. You know, they say that you belong to the government and you couldn't even do anything like get a tattoo or anything without their permission. So being in the military and getting out as the spiritual realm, I had to figure out, okay, I was raised in the church. Do I want to get back to that spiritual realm, yes, how do I do that? So it was in the church, uh, it was good to finally get to a place where for me, coming from the military where they had a chapel and it didn't matter what service you, what you believed in, you just went to that chapel. So it could be Buddhism, then uh, 10 minutes later, it's Christianity and then 10 minutes later, it's whatever. So sometimes you go into a building, the spirit's not there because you just had Buddhism or you just had something else there. So for me, the transition was really great. And honestly, it didn't really happen until I met my, my beautiful wife who was in Church of Christ. And I started coming around this church and I started being happy to be a part of a church that had the Bible as a standard where I had brothers and sisters I can fellowship with, true fellowship. And I had brothers I can study the Bible with and study to get them to be the best them for God that they can be. And that's when my transition happened. And now I just feel very happy to be able to continue to serve, continue to uh, get my spiritual armor uh, more and more solid so I can continue to fight for God. Um, since I'm still currently serving, um, I think, so I became a disciple in 2012. Um, I was 23, or wait, 25, can't remember. <laughs> point is 11 years ago I became a disciple um, and I think one of the the shifts in my heart and my mindset that I had to make um, in not being a disciple and then being a disciple and serving in the military is um, just focusing more on who I'm serving you know the four of us up here we know one minute we have a phenomenal commander the next minute <laughs> not so much um, or you may be, you know, we probably found ourselves not being the greatest leader ourselves and realizing like, man, okay, who am I serving? Um, and I think uh, Colossians 3.23 last night came to mind, or 23 through 24, which says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. 
And um, I had uh, I had this scripture. I can't remember exact. And at least as I uh, served at Dobbins, my first go round, I had that scripture on my wall above my computer. Um, just so I can like walk in every day and focus on that because it's so easy to focus on the people and what they're doing or what they're not doing and shift your focus to that and then respond accordingly. And so um, having that scripture, shifting that, my mindset, shifting my heart to focusing on who I'm serving um, versus the people around me has really helped me serve better. So. So my transition was a little bit different. Uh, I was, one minute I'm in combat with my brothers in arms and we're doing what needs to be done. The next minute I'm on a magical flight to Lonstool, Germany. So you have to understand that transition was very, very different. Uh, for me, um, I actually wanted no parts of God. You got to think about what I saw. First deployment was 15 months. It's 141 degrees. Right. You don't have time to think about anything except for mission, mission, mission. Something that Mike had alluded to, as a medic, not only did I have to treat my brothers in arms, but sometimes we had to treat the same person who was trying to kill you. So now you sitting up here and want to tell me certain things, but I just buried somebody. And now you want me to be this way? So in all honesty, when I came back home from my first deployment, I actually, thank God, but my family had to trick me to go into church. <laughs> That's real. There ain't no need to lie about it. <laughs> you know, they had to literally trick me. I mean, we grew up in the church. I was baptized when I was younger. But life changes you. And when I went to church, one of the, the things that it really... I really, really understood that I needed, I needed my brothers, but not just my brothers in arms, I needed my brothers in Christ. Because I know what it is to be sitting in the rear pew and just have tears coming out your eyes because you can't even explain what you've been through. So as we know, recently I got baptized and I thank Dr. Jackson, I thank Dr. Patterson, I thank Mark, no, I ain't thanking you, Marcos. Y'all don't understand. That brother's back there being a bully. <laughs> Paul, I think. Yes, I'm a snitch. What you gonna do about it now? <laughs> Paul, I thank you. <laughs> but it's, for me, it's ongoing. It's ongoing because it's not just about my salvation. It's about the salvation of my family. And that, that transition and understanding that through God, you're not the first one and you're not gonna be the last one but I'm always present. God's hand has always been out, so I'm just here. And uh, it, it's interesting, uh, Jared, you keep saying that your story is different. We, we know, I mean, we know, and uh, I think you kind of accuse us of tricking you as well. So it seems like that's how God, God knows how to, how to bring you. Energy, so I don't remember oh, anyway. Okay. Right. <laughs> now, Really, it's, it's so interesting because even though we joke, we were talking about serious matters. And I, I find it incredible how there's so much to learn from one another. 
for one, you know, working and connecting with you guys that are that have that military training, like we never have to worry about starting on time. I mean, we're gonna start on time. So, so we could all learn something, right? So, some more than others, right? Balcony, all right? <laughs> uh, but the, the truth is this, is um, you guys understand too following orders. You understand um, the importance of why you follow orders because it's not only because, it's like, wait a minute, if we don't follow orders, this can be really devastating. Maybe not just for you, but for others. And so I think that really applies for us as Christians. It's like if we don't, we're not careful about our life and our doctrine, there will be, it, it, that impacts other people. And so I love that. But I also love the fact that God can use common, ordinary men, men like myself and even the brothers and sisters that have been in your lives who don't necessarily have that background, but we can relate. And now that we get to serve Jesus together, it just makes us better. And so what I want to do at this point, and I actually uh, want to start with you, Tiffany, as we start closing out, um, it's different. I mean, right now you're currently serving. So... That has to be a unique challenge. And so as someone who's currently serving, in a way, you have your loyalty to Jesus first, but then you have your loyalty to country and even uh, somebody, an officer maybe that you're not too fond of, but you're like, hey, I'm going to follow. What is something that you would encourage us as Christians who are serving Jesus that maybe you've learned or you're learning that you can encourage us um, I think probably reiterating what I, the scripture I shared earlier, just remember, remembering who you're serving, um, cause it's easy to get caught up in the, in the person, um, good or bad. And so that would be one thing. And then you kind of stole my thunder a little bit with the scripture you mentioned. Um, I was going to share first Timothy four sixteen, which says, you know, keep a close watch on how you live and your teaching and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. Um, and that scripture, one, it's how I became a disciple. Uh, my best friend, she, if she's, she might be watching. She might watch this later. But uh, she was faithful. She was steadfast. She had strong convictions. And I watched her for like two years. Um, and, you know, eventually I called her up and I'm like, look sis, it's time. <laughs> I need to get, I need to get my life together. Um, and so I think, you know, for me, the same thing applies, you know, especially in the position I'm in now as a senior leader in the Air Force um, and in my career field is um, just remembering that people are watching me. Um, I talked to my, me and my husband, I've talked about this recently, like, as I'm looking at the next step in my career, my next promotion, it's like, be careful, uh, be mindful, um, be above reproach in everything that you do. Um, and just remember that there are people that are going to come behind you that are looking at your example and following it good or bad. So uh, that would be my little piece of advice for our church family. That, that's amazing. That's awesome. What, what I get from that, Tiffany, is that two years, I mean, we never know who's watching us. And then just how you surrendered, you're like, I'm ready. Like you knew where to go. And so some people might be around us and we don't realize that they're watching us the way they are. But that day might come. And it usually does, right, when they know where to go. When they want a relationship with God, they'll knock on our door. And I think that's powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, Niger, for, for you, you shared, I mean, 
pretty amazing story about going to these, um, I would say, chapel services and almost like being confused, right? Because you're like one minute, it's a, a Buddhist service. The next minute, it's a Christian service. The next minute, it might, who knows? Like you, you, But you mentioned your wife having that. And I could only imagine, you know, the, the faith, the prayers, those times that your wife had to pray for you. And so what advice would you give to us of someone, uh, especially those who are married or hope to be married one day and have that, you know, connected to someone who has that military background? What advice would you give to us? Um, well, the first advice I would give for those who are not married, find a, a wife that is buried in, 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 the, in the word. Find a wife that can encourage you. And I remember the first time that we, um, in the small groups, I think Dr. Patterson and Ro Brother Roland, and I used to say it a lot that, yeah, my wife, my wife, my wife. And they told me one time when they pulled me aside and said, what about you? And so I really started thinking at that point. But the advice I would give is listen to God and trust God. For me, I wanted to do my own thing. I went in the military. I did not retire. I got up to 14 years, and I've been in three wars. The first war I went in, I was, nine, I was 18 years old. I didn't know. I, didn't, I was trained. I went in, and I did what I had to do, okay? And at the same time, I was confused. The second war came up, I was more in-depth, I had made rank, I would go out in harm's way, and I can feel the bullets. And when things blow up, I can, I can feel the, the, the shrapnel and the pieces from that, and I can see the smoke coming up. And so I even got more confused, and I asked God, okay, what should I do? And God told me, get out. And I was like, I don't, you know. <laughs> I didn't want to get out. I was saying, God, I'm not going to get out. I'm going to do 20 years because everyone up here knows once you get past that 10 year mark, you might as well. And, and so it was amazing. The last war I went in, I was more, uh, had more um, rank. I was on a ship, what they call the officer of the deck. So you're standing where the, the, the sailors come in and you're in control, you're in charge. And so I'm looking out of the door and it was probably about a football field later. There was a ship called USS Cole that got bombed a while back, I actually saw at that time, we didn't have to go and get uh, our supplies. People would drive up in small ships and deliver them. And I saw that small boat coming up to that ship and just straight blew the ship up. And so at that time, God said, okay, get out. And I was still wrestling with that fact. So after that, um, we made it out of that. I got home, um, I thought about it. Um, I decided to trust God uh, because other things happened that allowed me to get out. So I got out and I'm just so grateful that I listened and I trusted God because now I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm closer to God. I have no second guesses. I can sit and study the Bible with any brother and I'm just grateful for that. So trust God and, and believe in God. Awesome, awesome. And you, you started by talking about making sure that if you're not married, you marry a spiritual person. And for all of us who maybe have a hard time listening to God and God has to get our attention. It's uh, what I'm getting from this, Niger, is that you want to surround yourself by people who are spiritual because you may not always get it, but you're going to listen to some good advice. So amen. Thank you for, for sharing that. That's awesome. Um, and then, uh, Tony, you, you mentioned uh, 30 years of service and you felt like it was going to be really challenging to transition from the, the uniform to the, the spiritual armor. And I guess 
your concern was, man, I don't want to lead anyone astray. So as you've, you know, embraced uh, the teachings of Jesus and continue to learn, what's something that you would inspire us and, and encourage us with before we go today? I think, you know, I have to tell the story about there, there's two things that really attracted me to the path church. You mentioned earlier about um, learning from us, um, and, and it comes down to inclusion and diversity. But when I saw you all in the back room doing your pregame huddle and the, and the way that you execute that, I was like, ooh, that's military precision. They, I mean, they really do it well. And, and Dr. Patterson, no, I'm a real stickler on time. So it's like their time on target, they're, they're precise. But all joking aside, it's the inclusion and the diversity. I mean, look at this audience. Look at this audience and the diversity that's there and the inclusion. You make everyone feel welcomed. And I felt welcomed the first time I stepped in the door. Even if I hadn't even known Dr. Patterson, when you walk in, it's just the, the atmosphere, the climate that's here. And when you have that culture of inclusivity, it breeds and fosters ideas. We all know that. But it also opens the door for you to find your spiritual path and your, your uh, passion and, and the ability to learn uh, the word of Christ. So. And Tony, that, that helps us. You know, sometimes you're behind the scenes. And I, I think even for me, I could easily forget that those little things make a difference. You're talking about like executing. I mean, we sometimes forget what it's like to be new. And you're watching everything, right? You're watching how people, how friendly we are. And it's not that it's a game, but you only have, you know, that saying, you only have one shot at that first impression. That one shot. And I'm grateful you caught us at a good Sunday, man. That's awesome. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the truth is, man, we may not know those little things. That, that person you go up to and greet can make such a difference whether you invited them or not. And, and, you know, every little, how you are into fellowship, how, you know, how real we can be. And I, I think one thing about our church is we can keep it very real. So I appreciate that. And thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And my brother, last but not least, um, I know you, um, we, we, we had a great time, but you definitely fought us back when we were studying the Bible with you. You, you, you had things to say and you always speak your mind and you speak your heart. Uh, but you also have a lot of great things to say that we don't take lightly when you share with us about um, and when all of you share uh, about our church and what has, is meant for you and how we've been able to be an instrument and how now we have this, this, uh, this partnership in the gospel. So what, what Jared, would you uh, say to all of us, uh, whether we're doing right, we can keep growing? I mean, what, what are some words of wisdom you would leave us with today? I think the, um, there is no time to wait when it comes to surrendering to God. You know, I came and spoke at the men's retreat, and I remember uh, Dr. Jackson and Paul saying, okay, hey, we need to take a word with you. And I remember when they said, okay, let's go sit down and have a word. And again, I've read the Bible before, you know. Um, but when they, when they were just speaking about the word, it was one of those things where, if I can, that's where God was like, I've been here for you. 
you are not here because of you. You are here because of me. And I'm not waiting no more for you. It's time. But I say that because for me, I'm an infantry guy. So, yes, I'm on a joke, but when it's time to execute, I'm locked in. Get out the way and be part of the execution, plain and simple. That's what we do. And I say that because I need that level of accountability in the men and the women that I'm going to serve with. Because I know what it is to lose lives physically. And I've seen the result of what happens to mothers, fathers, children, wives, everything. And we're not playing anymore. We're in a very different time. So the, the, the one thing I would say is, if you know that God is calling you, it's time. It's just time. Secondly, um, it's okay to have apprehensions. It's okay to even be scared. Align yourself with the right people. The path to me shows love in everything that you do. And I don't care what we call it on the battlefield, a esprit de corps, whatever other colloquialism that we use. It's all about love. So love. And be real with that love. Understand that that's an action. And, and I guess lastly, be humble. Because you don't want God to have to shake you. I'm the living example. And... I appreciate, I appreciate what everyone shared, but I was at that first meeting that we had, that breakfast meeting, and that's when I just moved. And so, Mike, thank you for inviting me to be a part of that conversation and just to see God move. And what I got from that, Jared, thank you so much for uh, your three points, by the way. And uh, uh, the, the, the everything, the, the everything, the everything that you, uh, that you, encapsulate, I think, in when you're studying the Bible with someone. But this is how I would say, and, and I believe God worked. By the time we got to you, what I mean us, like you mentioned the brothers in your life, um, it was like the 12th round. God had worked on you for years. And it's like we hit that one punch and then knock you out into like submitting to God, right? But we can't even take the credit. Like, God was working. On, so all we were really were the instruments to come in and do the physical baptizing. But God, God already worked on your heart. And that blows my mind because from the outward appearance, you wouldn't know that. And so I know for all of us, we can walk away knowing, you know what, let's not judge a book by its cover. You know, there might be somebody right now that's just praying, urgent, waiting for just somebody to knock on the door and be like, are you ready? And they're like, I'm ready. Because that day at the retreat, I remember you were ready to go into the lake and get baptized. I mean, we waited for the next day in the morning here. But it's amazing how ready you were. And everybody has a different journey. I appreciate all of you sharing about that journey. And we look forward to many more men and women who would join the ranks of our church. Amen. So uh, what we're going to do now, um, if you guys could stand with me. We're going to say a prayer. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, sometimes those who have served in the military go through unique struggles, the getting acclimated to civilian life. And I believe that what God is doing now is allowing us to be that bridge. And so uh, we're going to pray. We're going to take communion because Jesus was that bridge. And the only reason we're here together, able to worship, able to celebrate together, 
is because of the sacrifice that Jesus made. So let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father and God, uh, God, when we signed up to be in a relationship with you, God, when we surrendered our lives to Jesus, Father, we had no idea where you would take us. And we still don't know what's next, God. Some of us are, are just wondering what's next, God, but you have a plan for our lives, God. Even in the darkest days, God, as I, I hear these stories of, uh, of sometimes rebelling against you or being confused or wondering or whatever it is, God, you've had a plan. Thank you so much for all our brothers and sisters who have served or who continue to serve. But most importantly, God, thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your body, your church, uh, your bride. Father, we pray right now as we get ready to take communion together. This is the part of the service where we all at the same time, bow our heads and reflect on the sacrifice that Jesus made, Father. As they say in the military, God, that the greatest sacrifice is to give up your life. Well, Jesus gave the greatest sacrifice by giving up his. We love you, God, and we thank you. And we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. New sermons are uploaded each Monday morning. Simply search The Path Church Atlanta in iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting service. Additionally, we greatly appreciate your feedback on iTunes. If you would like to learn more about The Path, we encourage you to visit www.thepath.church. We hope to fellowship with you soon.